It's the Listen Up Milwaukee podcast. And welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Steve Italiano, and this is the Listen Up Milwaukee podcast. And today we have uh, a co-host with us. I'd like to introduce uh, today's co-host and hopefully continuing contributor, Aaron Koenig. Welcome, Aaron. Hello, podcast land. Absolutely. I'll be here as many times as you want me to. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. So, Aaron, uh, today we're going to bring up a topic I think that is very, very much Milwaukee. And uh, a couple weeks ago I posted on Facebook, what is the one thing that you... Uh, what was my question? What is your favorite thing about Milwaukee? And just to put this in retrospect, I have a lot of relatives on each coast as well as the Southwest. And the ones, uh, 75% of the people who responded to my question said that their favorite thing about Milwaukee was frozen custard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds like something, uh, a Wisconsinite would say. Right. Screw the museums. Let's have some custard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, especially the West Coasters that are so used to frozen yogurt that uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, a sick addiction when they get up here. We, they, they usually stop at one of the custard stands before they go anywhere else straight from the airport. So um, so today we're going to be talking about frozen custard, Milwaukee's love affair with frozen custard, Milwaukee's identity with frozen custard, and for the most part, uh, what frozen custard is and a little bit of the history of frozen custard. So um, yeah, absolutely. I would compare it to like su- the sweet tea in the South. They kind of push it on you like it's, uh, this is what we have. You're going to have it too. <laughs> so we're, we're a bunch of, uh, frozen treat, uh, frozen treat pushers. Thank you. That's, uh, <laughs> might explain the obesity problem in Wisconsin too. One uh, of the many things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a che- cheese and craft beer person, but yeah. Well, I, I don't think uh, custard is helping our cause at all. No, no, it's uh, it's hard to run a marathon after two or three <laughs> quarts of, of custard. So now, two or three quarts. <laughs> well, there's many flavors. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, Milwaukee, I guess, is is kind of become an unofficial custard capital of the world. Um, and for those people, I guess, hopefully that are listening, uh, in, in other parts of the world or other parts of the country that don't have a clue what we're talking about, uh, I guess we should answer the question first, what is frozen custard? Well, from my understanding, it's, it has more egg and that's exactly what I don't like about frozen custard. I get a lot of flack for not eating it, but it's okay, you know, but I it, I don't I don't have the love affair uh that other people do with frozen custard, but it's you know, it's it's like ice cream, um but it's, you know, it has the butter fat, but it also has egg yolk in it. Um I think a uh, couple percentage points maybe. Um yeah, well according to the FDA, for you to label your frozen dairy treat, custard. It must contain at least 10% butterfat and one and a half, I'm going to go, because <laughs> it's so close, mm-hmm. uh, 1.4% egg yolk. Mm-hmm. And it's that egg yolk that if you've never had it before, it's kind of hard to describe it. It's the egg yolk in the custard that makes it smoother, more velvety, uh, more rich than a traditional ice cream frozen treat. Spoken like a man that loves his custard. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, custard is, and like I said, I don't like it. And that's exactly what, it, it just is heavier to me. It just, it, I like the lightness of ice cream, but I, you know, the, so there's no proper taste. I'm the weirdo. I get it. <laughs> you're the voice of reason at midnight. Let's, uh, let's. <laughs> the voice of reason. I think that I'll have to have that. Uh, I'm glad we're recording this because I'll have to have that in writing somewhere too. Yeah. Well, you know, my opinions on things. So <laughs> I'm, I subscribe to the John Daly. Um, as you've often stated, I subscribe to the John Daly school of thought that yes. more is better. Absolutely. Why well, stop now? There's yes, still please. some left. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. It just means you know what you like. That's true. That's true. Um, 
So as we stated, that's the big thing that one of the big differences between custard and ice cream and other frozen treats is the high percentage of butter fat and the egg yolk uh, for the creaminess. It's also manufactured different. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I remember going when we first went to Cops. Excuse me, my dog is trying to uh, make his way in here. Um, They have this interesting machine where it almost looks like um, a pocket with a, um, you know, lid with a handle on it. And they um, are continuously lifting it up and lifting it up. And I've never, I know for sure that, you know, having... Uh, gone to ice cream places too that they don't make it that way so it's something in the way that it's processed as well isn't it well yeah the the again if you've ever seen the custard machine um one of the nicknames for it and this is kind of a dated reference but it's um and they call it the the iron lung because it's this (laughs) long cylindrical tube that references the iron lungs of the 50s and 60s from uh, polio patients um, primarily that would have to sit in them. And it's basically a big screw, a big, big freezing chamber with a screw through the center. So at one end, they add the butter fat mixtures and, and everything that goes into custard and it mixes up. Um, and then it goes through this freezing chamber very slowly. Mm-hmm. And then the big screw introduces air and in ice cream mm-hmm. terms, ice cream or frozen treat terms, Air introduced into the mixture is called overrun. Oh, okay. Well, I know that the, I know that the more air is bad, right? Because I know that I used to like ice milk, which I know they don't even make anymore. But my mom was a big dieter back in the day, and we always used to have ice milk instead of ice cream. And that seemed to be, you know, if you had it out on the table for more than a minute. Um, it was gone. Like it just melted. Right. So it, I think it was all air. <laughs> right. So as, as the, again, with ice cream also, as it, as ice cream churns and as custard churns, you, you put air into the mixture. It's a mm-hmm. fact of how it's made, but custard only has up to 25% overrun. Whereas most ice creams will have 75 to a hundred percent. So you double your volume in ice cream, just in air. Absolutely. It makes it makes some, uh, so much more sense as to why it's so dense because it really is. I mean, custard is a dense, um, product. I don't know. Ice cream treat product, whatever they would call it in the biz. Frozen dairy product. Oh, there you go. Thank you. (laughs) So the custard then again, so it is, it is heavier. It's smoother. It's more velvety. Um, again, it is very dense. Um, the other thing that makes it different than ice cream is ice cream is served at a high, uh, a lower temperature. So it is, even though they're both frozen, um, custard is served at 17 to 20 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's almost like melty ice cream, if you will. So that sure. makes it velvety. And sure. it also doesn't freeze your taste buds when you taste it. So yeah, you're right. It doesn't. It doesn't taste like you're if you you know drinking a shake or something. All of a sudden, you get the brain freeze. Right. You'll still get the brain freeze if you eat it too fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and that's just based on experience. <laughs> I was gonna say it sounds like you have some uh, experience behind that. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's been many a frozen brain in my in my day. So nice. the, uh, but it's, it's served again at a, at a warmer temperature. So it's a little bit melty already. It's easier and more flavorful because you're not numbing your taste buds. You're not, it's like mm. taking an ice cube, putting it in your tongue and things kind of go right. blah. Right. With ice cream. So custard, the way it, the way it's manufactured and the way it's served makes it so much more decadent and delicious than ice cream. <laughs> not that I'm not going to ice cream. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> If you need a fix, it's great, great in the time. Um, great in a pinch. <laughs> in a pinch. It, uh, it definitely, uh, definitely will make do, but, uh, given my druthers, um, uh, a custard sundae or a custard cone will blow them both away. Yeah. Um, and so I guess one of the, even though Milwaukee is known as the custard capital, 
in in my opinion, at least that's what I hear from people. Custer did not originate in the dairy state. How does that hit you? I was very surprised when you told me that. I, but when you said it, it had um, originated in the uh, what was it, the World's Fair, or, or was that the second time it came around? Uh, well, it actually originated in Pennsylvania. Really? And another thing they're going to take claim for, huh? Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, the Dear, a dairy farmer wanted to get rid of his milk. Um, <laughs> Well, what it was is, um, what is this guy's name? Let me, uh, Archie Core, K O H R, Core, Core, Core. Yeah, I would say Core. Core. Okay, Miss Koenig. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to guess the age is silent. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, Archie was a Pennsylvania dairy farmer, and he was trying to make a little bit of extra money for his family, and mm. he went out and bought an ice cream machine. Oh, that's one and, way to do it. Yeah, figured he had some extra milk try to make some ice cream, sell it separately. And he experimented um, with different mixes, trying to come up with, uh, the to improve the flavor, improve the texture of ice cream at that time. Obviously, ice cream was not a mass-produced item. Right. It was probably pretty rare, I would think, huh? Uh, yeah, fairly rare. I mean, we had we had hit the uh, Industrial Revolution. and you know, But ice cream was always was a, was a treat of the rich. If um, you could afford it, and if you had skilled people to make it, that was a sign of being very elite. You could afford to pay someone to do that for you. And another interesting side note, that is, and I can't remember her name, um, but the person we know as Typhoid Mary, <laughs> that's how she spread typhoid. She was in demand as a cook in New York. Um, oh, no. Because she specialized in these ice cream treats. Oh, no. So she gave everyone typhoid by making them ice cream. Oh, right. She was, she, she, she never developed typhoid herself, um, but she was a, a she was a carrier of it. <laughs> oh, jeez. And that was her that was her thing. She but she was specialized in desserts and ice cream drinks, and was constantly hired by these people that lived in New York. Um, the upper crust, and we'll say the people that lived on Fifth Avenue, mm -hmm. um, or up, up, uh, uptown, uh, and and killed a lot of rich families <laughs> because of that. So, um, so around this time, I, I would imagine ice cream was not was becoming more and more of a commonplace thing mm -hmm. uh, around this. So time. then, did this uh, Archie uh, Core also have chickens? Giving you know, getting the eggs into it. Well, he experimented with with the mix of what to put in there, and and there is a percentage of egg in ice cream, uh, a, a much smaller percentage, very small, um, like as a binder, probably. Yeah. Um, but he was trying to improve ice cream. He was trying to improve it, make it a little bit richer, a little bit more flavorful. So he kept experimenting, kept experimenting, and kind of came up with what we now know as frozen custard. Hmm. And I would imagine that Archie knew he had a hit on his hand um, in the summer of 1919. He took his ice cream machine and his uh, mix out to Coney Island. And in the first two days of being on Coney Island, he sold 18,000 cones of custard. Good Lord. <laughs> so, well, he's lucky he didn't have typhoid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, 18,000 cones. So I'm, I'm going to guess from that point on, there was no looking back for customers. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and it, it, it sounds, based on what I can find, the research I was able to do, um, it pretty much stayed on the East Coast um, mm -hmm. until uh, it didn't really get introduced uh, to the United, pardon me, the Midwest, the United States Midwest, until the 1933 World's Fair in Chicago. Yeah, that sounds about right. 20 years to get into the middle. <laughs> so it worked its way slowly. Uh, so in 1933, it shows up at the Chicago World's Fair, and it becomes very popular and then migrates into Wisconsin, being the dairy state and having an overabundance uh, of uh, dairy products. And has become, uh, and that's where, where, where it started, at least came, came into Wisconsin in the mid to late 30s. Interesting. So then when did the first place open? 
the uh, the first custard stand in the city of Milwaukee um, for what is uh, was opened by Paul Gillies, which is oh Gillies was the first one. Really? Gillies, Gillies was the first one. I know that shocks a lot of people based well, on some of such a big deal about Leon's. Well, yeah, you know, and, and Leon's we're going to come up to because uh, he he was very integral in spreading custard through Milwaukee. So to yeah. speak. he was the custard Mary. Typhoid custard berry? <laughs> no, 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 no. He was the uh, he was the <laughs> developer, but uh, but Gillies was the first place, uh, and they had a small stand still on the original location, yeah, uh, which is on Seventy Fifth and Blue Mound in Milwaukee, which is very near the stadium, West Dallas, and is actually in Wauwatosa in that in that area. And he actually had two buildings. One he served custard out of, and then there was a small hot dog stand. So the, oh, so the building that they have now, the big one, that's relatively new compared to what it Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, the original oh, okay. one. Um, and actually up until, it's kind of funny because they had the two buildings. One served ice cream and there was a small shack on the west end of the property. There's a gas station there now um, that served the hot dogs. So they kind of kept them separate. Interesting. And they actually had the two buildings up through uh, the 50s. Before they kind of consolidated everything. So, but that has been on the, it's original location since 1938. So we're creeping up here on almost 80 years uh, that uh, Gillies has been in operation in the same location. Now it has gone through two owner changes. So the Gillies family does not still own it, unfortunately. But it is still in the same location. And that's the one you're going to find frequented by... uh, if uh, former uh, baseball commissioner Bud Bud Selig, oh really? Yeah, never he, saw him there. Although he, I think I've only been there maybe once. <laughs> he uh, that that is his uh, that's his little special treat. So when he was still owner of the Brewers, and whenever he was in town, you could find him at Gillies. So, huh. um, Bud. So you, now you you touch base on it. Uh, Leon's custard mm-hmm. was the next to pop up in Milwaukee. And uh, Leon Schneider, who, of course, founded Leon's, he was actually a custard machine repairman. Oh, so he, he so, got in the back doorway. <laughs> yeah, he kind of came in through the service door. Yeah. Um, and, and he opened up his place um, on 27th Street, uh, which is just, a, it's just south of Oklahoma Avenue, near Pulaski High School and Southgate and people who know the Milwaukee area. And Leon's is your typical 1950s looking drive-in still to this day. They well, have... isn't that what uh, Happy Days was based off? You know, and, and that is probably one of the biggest misconceptions um, about it's Leon's. Right. It is, that is not, it was not based on Leon's. Huh. Because Leon's never had a restaurant. Oh, it was only a drive-up. It was only a drive-up, only has, even to this day, has walk-up windows. Hmm. Um, so it's got the neon, it's got the walk-up windows, it's got the parking, uh, still looks the same as it did when it, uh, it opened in 1942, and then in the 50s, they did the remodel to its current configuration, and it hasn't changed since. I don't even think they've replaced bulbs, to be honest. But, <laughs> but, and that, uh. That is, uh, again, 27th Street, just uh, south 27th Street, just south Oklahoma Avenue. And that kind of services the south end of town. Yeah, I, which is why I never went there. I mean, I've passed it, but I always went to uh, Kitts because Kitts was right down the street from me. Right, right. And that was, uh, but uh, let's see here, Kitts Custard. Yeah, right on 70th and Capitol. 70th and Capitol. Um, and, and Kitts... Opened in the fifties, um, and I couldn't find an exact. Oh, I'm sorry, 1950. I, that is correct. Um, looking at my notes that I should have read before I started. Uh, <laughs> sorry, but uh, um, but yeah, Kits, which was in your neighborhood, uh, mm-hmm. opened up in the 1950s, and that still looks like a 50s style drive. And again, walk oh, yeah. up. It's a walk up, yeah. Um, well, they enclosed it now because people go there all year round. So they have an, an enclosure for, you know, the outside walk-up people. And then they have heater lamps and then all kinds of 
um, 50s and 60s memorabilia, a lot of Coke stuff, old license plates. Um, it's very kitschy. It's it's cute, you know. It's got custard. It's got custard. Yeah, I always went for the burgers. <laughs> well, and that's you know that's one thing that I, there uh, there isn't a single custard place, shall we say, that doesn't have some type of of other food menu. Yes. Um, and usually the jumbo hamburger is the big draw, but with Leon's, Leon's has a hamburger, but the big draw at Leon's is the sloppy Joe. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, that's their kind of signature sandwich where some of these other places, um, have, have a hamburger mm-hmm. or some other, um, like I said, Kits is a hamburger, Cops Custard, which we'll talk about shortly, will also is the big hamburger. Everybody goes for the well, cops. My goodness, that burger's as big as your head. Yeah. That's that's not a burger. That's a that's a half a cow. It's 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 a frisbee on some bread. Yes. Yeah. There you go. It's uh, but Kits opened in the 1950s again, 70th and Capitol in Milwaukee on on the north side, and mm-hmm. that was uh, that's still in its original location, which is can't to me is still a little bit shocking given the change in the city. Right. Um, over the years, the comings and goings. Um, Every and, time I passed it, it was always, I mean, there, there's not a parking spot in the place. Yeah, it's, 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 it's it, it, it is, it has become like all these places have become an institution. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In, in its neighborhood and in the city. Um, I, I think one very familiar, uh, we, had, we had talked about it earlier before we started, was it's very neighborhood regional what your favorite custard is in the city of Milwaukee. It's, if you're a North Sider, it was Kits. If you grew up on the South Side of town, it was Leon's. Sure. If you were West Alice, Wauwatosa, which is kind of the middle Mm-hmm. Of, of the geographic city center, or uh, but west of downtown, it was Gillies. Sure. And the loyalty that this inspires is insane. <laughs> I mean, well, it, it's it's very it's it's it, to the point where it becomes generational. Now, right. one of the places we're gonna uh, these three in particular. And we'll talk about cops in a second because that's its own entity unto itself. Um, the three we just talked about—they're all standalone locations. Mm-hmm. No franchising, no multiple locations, um, and and they've kind of like were the anchors on their sides of town. But what one of the things I have a friend who lives north of Green Bay. His mother grew up in Milwaukee. She was a Leon's custard girl because she went to Notre Dame High School, and that was their drive-in. That was their ice cream place. That was their custard store. I, so it's almost not necessarily even the food. It's like we go there because that's where we hang out. Right, right. It was their central location. That has gotten transferred over to a second and third generation now where people who don't even live in the city of Milwaukee will drive past three, four, five other locations with the same quality custard to go there because, no, that's the best custard in town because that's what, <laughs> because that's what they were raised on. When they were come to town, they didn't went didn't go any place else. They went to mom's custard stand. Mm-hmm. Um, it, to this day, actually, it drives me crazy because it's like, okay, yeah, we'll just pop over to cops custard, which is very close to us, and it's like, no, 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 we got to drive all the way to the south side. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever you say. So, um. So the other big player in town and probably what we'll call the biggest player in town because they, of the family owned or run or family initiated, shall we say, non-franchised mm-hmm. big conglomerates. Right. And a very, very big driving force and a very recognizable name here in Milwaukee is the Cops Frozen Custard Stands. Opened by a lady. Very true. Um, <laughs> Elsa Cop was founded Cops Custard. Um, she founded that in 1950, same year that that Kits opened up, and and really not too far from Kits Custard. 
to, in, in all reality. Uh, yeah. They opened up on 60th and Appleton. Um, that location was the original location. It was, it's still a custard stand, but it's no longer owned by cops. Um, uh, uh, it has gone through a couple different owners, but it's, and it's, so it's been a custard stand in operation since 1950, but just hasn't been, uh, owned by cops for that length of time. Uh, that was their original, but Elsa cop opened it. Um, again, 1950. And I'm just looking for my notes here. Her husband had developed Parkinson's, I think it was. I know he had developed some type of illness. That was, oh. And she needed to support the family. And she got started. Um, actually, she was loaned a hand by Leon Schneider of Leon's to help open up her custard stand. What a guy. So he was, uh, again, being the custard repair machine guy. Um, I'm sure he had access to either used equipment or or somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody, and he actually helped her get started. Um, and I'm guessing because it wasn't so much of a territorial thing for him because it was clear on the other side of town. <laughs> right. But again, if you It'd be nice if we had a little bit more of that today, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be a little bit uh, more niceties? Um, now, cops started on um, 60th and Appleton. Um and they've grown to three locations now. Um, two still owned by the cops family, and one is operated under the name. And I, I guess it could you could say it was franchised, but mm. um, but I believe that the one in Brookfield uh, so is is not operated by the family. And I could be wrong on that. I've I've heard different things over different times, and I couldn't really verify ownership at this point. So. So currently their three locations are um, 180th and Blue Mound in Brookfield. They've got one on 76th and Layton Avenue, which is the big stainless steel walled one <laughs> on the corner of 76th and Layton. <laughs> very interesting, uh, very interesting setup. It's kind of tucked behind a gas station, um, but it's got a very neat courtyard. Uh, very unique. They've gone very unique styling on all of their buildings. Yeah, none of them look alike. No, no. They do not carry through on the uh, look-alike franchise. Each just has its own identity and is very interesting. Um, the third location, which is uh, where they moved to when they moved off of Appleton Avenue, is on Port Washington Road in Glendale, mm -hmm. just south of Silver Spring Drive. And that was formerly the Milky Way Drive-In. And oh, so it was a drive-in before. It was a drive-in before. And then they purchased a building um, sometime late 60s, early 70s. Hmm. And going back to what you had asked about Leon's, the Milky Way drive-in was the original inspiration for Arnold's in the Happy Days TV series. Oh. So by proxy, cops kind of gets grandfathered in as, oh, sure. this is the place. Cops was what Happy Days was based on. Uh, uh, half truth. Not really, but we'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, they did remodel the building, obviously. Um, and their signature is, if you ever get a chance to go there in the back parking lot, they've got cows. They've got these big statues lining the embankment along the freeway of cows. They have the cow garden. <laughs> the cow garden. <laughs> they do have a nice little uh, seating kind of almost like a little um, outside atrium. I don't even know what it's called, but it's uh, got raised walls and that's that's the right one, isn't it? The one in Glendale? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they... I, I recall being there. Yeah, they've done very well with the architecture. Um, like I said, they make everything unique. They make it very environmentally friendly to sit and hang out and give you space. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, the the 76th Street and Leighton location has kind of a walled-in courtyard, so you don't even tell that you're five blocks from the freeway and one of the busiest intersections in the entire city <laughs> as you sit there and, and snack on your ice cream and giant burgers and... Um, that kind of thing. So, um, she's the only one that has, uh, or I guess I should say cops is the only one that has the flavor of the day. Right. Do, do, do Leon's, um, uh, well, 
that is um, another interesting fact. Most of the custard stands serve vanilla and chocolate. Mm-hmm. Leon's always has vanilla, chocolate, and butter pecan. And... So they they actually have four flavors every day. Oh, because then they have a flavor of the day? And then they have a flavor of the day. But the uh, the original flavor of the day, so they have a rotating, and what the flavor of the day is, again, for the uninitiated, I, I assume everybody knows what we're talking about because in my world, <laughs> everybody knows what we're talking about mm-hmm. um, because we're all kind of addicted to the stuff. Um, <laughs> but uh, in 1960, um, cops, custard, Elsa cop, went to not just the two flavors as a standard, but as a rotating, they added a third flavor, which they called the flavor of the day. Game changer. <laughs> and then every day it changes. Um, usually, um, they'll try to do something that's in theme with the season. Right. Um, like I said, I think, uh, for St. Patrick's day this year, you know, it was, it was mint ice cream, mint chocolate chip. Sure. Because it was green. Uh, they'll have tiramisu during the Italian festival weekend. Um, cherry, usually it's something like cherry jubilee or something of that nature, red cherry ice cream around Valentine's day, eggnog at Christmas. Um, but they'll, they'll rotate flavors and you're going to have, you're going to see if you go to, uh, if you see, if you look at the show notes, I'll have links to all the flavors of the days for the different custard places that we've talked about. Oh, okay. Um, which is pretty much their own individual websites. And there is actually a flavor of the day website that will tell you every flavor of the day at every custard place in Milwaukee. (laughs) <laughs> of course there is <laughs> because you, you you need to have the variety you need to know yeah, where absolutely. to go to find your you favorite, gotta know so. where you're going <laughs> that's the sad part i can see people driving to the opposite side of town to to get the flavor that they want well you know i'm 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 not a big fruit or a mint ice cream person mm-hmm. you throw butter pecan on or caramel cashew or cookie dough i can't get there fast enough <laughs> Skid marks. That's, that's right. If you see caramel cashew on the cop side, get your kids off the street because I'm making I'm, I'm making a beeline. So, <laughs> um, the actually the, there we go. There it is. The uh, the website for flavors of the day, and this will encompass all the custard stands and restaurants that serve custard, is custardlist.com. That's hilarious. So if you go to that, you can uh, figure out what you want. Um, and, and I, I gotta believe that cause I've done it on a, two occasions, certain restaurants will even dry pack it and dry ice for you and ship it across the country. Oh, I believe it. So absolutely. Because I think that's how they, it's spawned in different places. Uh, you know, um, people that really loved it, especially coming from this area of the country have moved it to, you know, different areas, different coasts and custard stands have, um, uh, grown and, and become popular and people are, you know, their minds are blown. Oh my God, it's so great. And I just, you know, to me it's, it's lost, but, um, I could see people being very, very excited about making sure that their flavor was what they needed it to be. <laughs> well, I think that's it. And I think, well, and I think you hit the nail on the head. I think with, with people being more mobile nowadays, um, you know, I, not to sound nostalgic, but you go back to the fifties and things like airline travel were, were unique experiences were travel kind of for the wealthy, if you will. Mm. Um, or wealthier, but nowadays, you know, it's like getting on a bus and going across town. Right. So I think with the people moving to different locations, being more mobile, the need for a taste of home has followed them and and opened up probably in different, again, that's why you'll see them pop up in different parts of the country. Um, there, one thing I wanted to say too, is there's a lot of, there's a lot more than what these four places that we've talked about. These were the first. These were kind of the mm-hmm. pioneers. These were the ones that define custard in Milwaukee, I think, that defined our custard culture and really do have uh, 
the, uh, the following. That right. have the loyalty, that have the ingrained, inherent, generational, when you say custard, you know, um, what's the, oh, there's some, I'm at a loss, I'm sorry, I was going to, when you say, I guess I'll, I'll use the, 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 you know, when you say Wisconsin, you've said it all, when you mm -hmm. say cops, to some people, that's their custard stand, you say, oh yeah, we're going to sure. go get, you know, people don't say we're going to go get custard, they say we're going to go get some cops, we're going to go get some kits. We're going to go right. get some Gillies. We're going to go get some Leons. <laughs> and it's so funny, too, the biggest of them all that, you know, has spanned different states, Culver's, you never hear anybody say that. <laughs> well, true. And that, think, and, is there even a Culver's in Milwaukee proper? Or is it just all, uh, Um. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, just, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, no, no, there's the one on, on 76 and Good Hope. Is there? Okay. Yeah, yeah, there's, 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 and for, again, for the uninitiated, Culver's is, is kind of a very recent player in, mm -hmm. in was yeah. at least, um, and it's expanding, which I guess oh, yeah. I would okay. say helps spread the custard legends and, uh, gets people a taste of what it is, but that's becoming a franchise that has become a franchise started oh, yeah. here in Wisconsin. Um, again, family run and just kind of has grown. Now they're in, uh, Arizona, Illinois, um. I didn't give them too much of a look because they weren't one of the great well, initiators. They're not, so. Yeah, they're not one of the greats. Yeah, why would you? I think they kind of uh, rode on the coattails. You know, they looked at it more as um, franchisability and profitability, whereas, I mean, not to say that they don't care about their product. I'm not, that's not where I'm going. I, but the, the Gillies and the, and the, the Leons of the world were, you know, like you said, they were from the fifties and they were one stop shops. They, they're, they were the only one. And I don't think that that was the, the model looking at, I think they were looking at more like kind of the, the Ray Kroc, you know, let's get this out everywhere. This is something we got to hit on our hands. Let's take advantage of it kind of thing. Right. And it has brought custard to areas that may not have had the chance to experience it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you were saying Arizona. I've I've uh, talked with a couple people, and they, that's the first thing they say. Oh, have you had Culver's? <laughs> and I say, well, you know, living in Milwaukee, it's kind of that's kind of the backdoor custard. <laughs> well, that's you should really go to this place or this place. What part of town are you going to? I'll tell you which one to go to. <laughs> well, exactly. It's it's uh, custard for the masses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well. Um... Again, there's there's many different custard stands. Um, there's a great on Milwaukee um, article that uh, you can pull down from online from the on Milwaukee site that lists every custard stand within a 50 mile radius of Milwaukee and what their specialty is. So, um, <laughs> um, so again, these were again we're just kind of concentrating on the history. So we're not we don't have time to mention all of them, uh, but. Uh, there, there are many. There, are, you can't throw a stone and not hit a custard stand. Um, as right, a matter, they just make people happy. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's our obsession with custard in Milwaukee is insane to the point that we have more custard stands per capita than anywhere else in the country. Oh, that I believe. Um, and it's it's interesting because there may be a reason for this scientifically that we have mm -hmm. more, more custard stands here. Um, let me look here. I just want to make sure I get this in the right order. So um, studies have been done when we talk about custard and, and it's mm -hmm. texture, it's creaminess, it's rich feeling, um, the flavor. Um, a study was done in Oxford. Um, with MRIs and what they did is they fed people different texture mixes and it wasn't that they were feeding them food. Mm -hmm. They fed them kind of a gelatinous cellulose based non flavored goo, if you will. That's delicious. <laughs> More please. Right. So it, it was basically a, a tasteless mixture um, the mixtures were of different textures and they fed this to people while in an MRI machine. Mm -hmm. And the, 
the thicker the mixtures and the fattier mixtures. People love them. Well, it, it triggered a response, an extra response in the brain in the cingulate cortex is what I'm reading here. Um, okay. This is the so it region... lit that part of the brain up like, oh my God. Well, it... it, it exactly. It... it um, it just didn't trigger, okay, this is where taste is located in your brain. This is where <laughs> texture is located in the brain. That sure. combination of the fatty mixture fired up the pleasure center okay. of the brain that is that is also triggered at the same as, um, uh, has a similar, I'm sorry, function, has a similar, mm-hmm. boy, I can't even talk to him, stuttering here. <laughs> ah, this is how excited I am about custard, folks. I was going to say, it's the custard. I, I'm drooling. I'm drooling. There's there's cookies and cream at Cops today. So, Turning into Homer Simpson. Yeah. Custard. <laughs> oh. Oh. But uh, so anyway, so that mixture, which was very similar to custard, a fatty, creamy texture, completely flavorless. Hmm. Um, set off the same areas of the brain, in addition to other ones, um, that are triggered when somebody caresses you or when you win money. Oh, there you go. Ding, ding. Um, so that that texture lights up your brain like a Christmas tree. Just hmm. it sets it off. So in the MRI, you can actually see this going on. I bet. Um so that when, when you go on those, uh, so when you go on a custard bender, which. <laughs> Who hasn't? <laughs> I, I think you get kicked out of the city if you don't. You know, if you... <laughs> yeah. That's probably why I'm in Madison now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you get a five, three, two zip code, then, and you don't, something's wrong with you. Get out. Get out. You lose your Milwaukee card. And they... you don't like the Packers out of Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. Very similar. They. <laughs> Kind of escort you to the county line in Waukesha and say, there, go west. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But but for people who like custard, unlike our dear friend Aaron, and you know what? I think I have people who'd love to get you in an MRA based on your likes and dislikes. Oh, absolutely. You're not normal. I'm not. I'm not. I mean. People get angry with me, like the things (laughs) I don't like. What do you mean? What do you mean I don't like custard? What do you mean? The bacon is the biggest one. I get a lot of flack for not liking bacon. I don't even like the smell of it. If my neighbor makes it, I'm, oh. And, uh, and this, is the sound, this is the sound of me disconnecting you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I just, I, I don't have that, uh, the same pleasure centers. Yeah, I'm weird. Yeah, and yet, oh, you know, I was raised by by a mom that wanted me to eat well. <laughs> I like brown rice. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with brown rice as long as there's some bacon in it. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for healthy, but come on, so right, come on. Why'd you put a double custard on that? <laughs> I under I understand that though that that response you know like you were saying with the um winning money or or the touch of another person i mean i i bet it just lights up that pleasure those pleasure centers in the brain saying oh yeah you hit the spot thank you very much you know well and and along with it because it hits those centers it can produce um if you overindulge slightly and you have Uh-oh. a great efficient uh, what they call a hedonistic food response. <laughs> and that, again, for those of us that are wired that way, and my hand is in the air, by the way, if you haven't figured yeah, that out. Yeah, I know. Um, what are you kidding? Uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, so the, uh, but the uh, hedonistic food response causes uh, the main pleasure centers of your brain that create natural opioids. Um, to produce that, and those are the things that help make you f- feel good, a, a oh, good yeah. sensation. The serotonin and the, and, the and, dopamines. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And these Absolutely. are the same things that are, these are the same sensations drug addicts get. Oh, yeah. They, when they inject heroin and morphine. That and is not surprising. Yeah, so that's, again, that's what heroin does, is it, mm-hmm. it, it 
pumps up those opioid responses and puts it into overdrive and gives you that ah feeling. Which... <laughs> I wonder if over time it, it's almost, it's, it's like an addict too. You know, you compare a, a heroin user and a, and a, a long life custard, <laughs> custard eater and to, to, to make the comparison of, oh yeah, now you have to eat three pints in order to feel the same rush. Well, <laughs> I don't know if it'd be the same rush, but, uh, and again, I probably oversimplified. <laughs> well, you know what? We both use spoons. <laughs> There's some common ground there. Right. Right. I just, I just, I choose to inject mine, you know, in larger lumps and through a needle. Um, right. What a waste. <laughs> again, it, it maybe slightly oversimplified, but I, that's the way, that's what I got out of the research anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, it makes absolute sense. So, um, but that's me, you know, so I think, so there may be a physiological reason that custard is as popular as it is right? in this area, but again, across the country for those that have had it and had a chance to have it. So, so I, I would strongly suggest for anybody who's listening that is not in the immediate area of Milwaukee, that if you ever, ever have the opportunity to come to our fine city and experience one of our great festivals or come for a visit, make sure you get some custard. Stop wherever you are, <laughs> grab a person from the street and say, where's the nearest custard stand? Yeah. And then they'll tell you to go to the other side of town. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, you gotta go to kids. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, they have the best stuff. <laughs> that's right. You want the good stuff? Ask for Mary. <laughs> yeah, Dave's not here. But uh, <laughs> oh my! <laughs> but uh, definitely make it a point to try and stop and try it. It is something that is very tasty, very and and again and again natural and wholesome in in the sense that there are no preservatives in this. At, sure. at these yeah. custard places, it's made fresh daily. It doesn't sit around. The only thing that keeps it from going bad is is freezing it um, because it does have the egg in it. So if you go there and you, you can get it scooped right out of the machine and on a, oh, nice, yeah. on a nice hot summer day, if you don't mind waiting the half hour in line to get your cone, <laughs> it's fresh. You will get nothing fresher it, it, anywhere on the planet served to you. Um, and that even goes for ice cream. So ice cream is, is, has to be frozen and set up. Mm-hmm. So, True. and, and the ice cream you're eating is at least, even if it's, you know, a specialty shop, like some of these gelato places that are popping up all over the place. Um, it's at least two or three days old. So that's, I think that's the other thing about custard is it's always fresh. You know it was made that day when you're eating it, and that I think helps with the uh, flavor experience. Boy, you almost want me to. Uh, you almost have me wanting some custard now. I'm. I'm. We'll convert. You sold me. We'll turn you to the dark side. It's and okay. then I'll eat it and I go, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, the big <laughs> test. The big test. Mad at me. <laughs> yeah. The big test will be during the state fair when they have bacon flavored custard. Then we'll try it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, you're laughing again. <laughs> and you're gone. You're gone. So. Oh yeah, my dog would love it. <laughs> so, um, the on, 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 I guess as, as kind of a closing note here, um, uh, custard is the reason I got married. Oh yeah. Um. Well, it's probably one of the reasons I was able to get married. Let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> My, uh, without really knowing it, my, uh, my, my in-laws, uh, my, my mother-in-law worked for cops. Did she really? Um, at the original location on Appleton Avenue and, and realist and really, really, I should say all she and all her brothers and sisters worked for cops. Um, her parents, my, my, my mother-in-law's parents, uh, were good friends of the cops. Get out of here. I didn't know that. And... All of the siblings, I think, except for the two youngest, I think, mm-hmm. um, I'm almost positive, except for the two youngest, but the, the, the first seven, 
<laughs> no, I mean the first five. There were seven total. Wait, how many were there? Anyway, I'm going to get it wrong. My mother-in-law will yell at me, which is fine. Um, yeah, she can listen. But she worked. She was a, <laughs> she was she was a car hop in the in the fifties. Back when they had the car hops. Yep. Was she on roller skates? No, no, no. Um, let's just say that my wife's side of the family has coordination issues, and I'll leave that <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> and. Uh, um, but that's where she met my father-in-law. My she was hmm. a car hop, and my father-in-law pulled up on his uh, Indian scout, and uh, and the rest they say is history. So With his uh, leather jacket and his white t-shirt, and I'm I'm slick back hair. Uh, it, Donnie had the slick back hair. He had did he? Well, everybody did. Christ, it was 1954. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but um, that that uh, thankfully because of cops uh, custard and. Uh, Car hops. I'm. Uh, I was able to uh, find a compatible uh, mate and my wife. Oh, too funny! I didn't know that. So yeah, custard kept me from bachelorhood. <laughs> well, another reason to love it. Come um, on. Yeah, another I'm reason to love the custard. Right? on it. <laughs> so. Uh, so anything else you got for me today, Aaron? Mm, I don't think so. Like okay. I said, dude, you're kind of tempting me. Might try it again. Okay, excellent. Well. But, you know, uh, <laughs> well so um that's custard you got any questions feel free to email us our email address is listen up mke at yahoo.com uh, you can also use that to find us on facebook and you can like our page there if you like um, we are also on twitter at listen up mke and we'd like to thank our podcast host, uh, which is Podbean. So our official site is listenupmke.podbean.com. Uh, but you can also find us through iTunes and many of the other outlets that have podcasts. You should be able to search us as that. Um, and we uh, look forward to your comments. If you're getting us through iTunes, please rate us favorably so that we can uh, move up the list. And hopefully uh, reach a wider audience again, but please drop us an email. Um, if you want to go to our show notes, they should be all attached and you can find out the uh, locations and flavors of all the different custard in Milwaukee at the drop of a hat. So I'd like to thank Aaron for joining me thank today. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for helping out on this, uh, lustrous tiptoe through the, uh, custard land. Absolutely. I learned so much today. <laughs> right. And, and you still don't like it? okay <laughs> no. I, i'm boring i like uh I, then we'll get you vanilla yeah <laughs> not that boring okay. <laughs> no i like uh With sprinkle you know i like a little dq blizzard every once in a while but yeah i'm uh i don't know I'm, i like ice cream <laughs> all right i'm sorry i'm That's sorry right. Right. Well, thanks again for listening, people. Please, again, uh, drop us a note at our listenupmke at yahoo.com. And thanks for listening. It's been a treat. <laughs>